Hello and welcome to a Coleman Had a Dream special. We are focusing today on the Wales-England women's game and we have three great sets of conversations for you. First of all, Hayley from Fee Wales recorded a brilliant set of interviews from the match day herself, so we're going to give you her match day experience, interviewing lots of different people who went to the game on the bus, a little conversation with people at half-time and a few opinions after the match as well. Following on from that, we do have a conversation with Hayley where she talks about the game itself in a little bit more detail. Following on from a conversation with her, I have an interview with Kate Waldridge, who is a former semi-professional player who played in an FA Cup semi-final. She gives us a perspective of the game from the England side, but also talks about her life as a footballer a little bit and the interaction she's had with Welsh women over the years and also how the Welsh women's setup has changed. Finally, there's a little bit of summing up that goes on between me and Ruth. It's a great chat, great conversation and loads of great insight from three great people. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, this is Hayley from Fee Wales. Uh, we are live on the Fee Wales bus heading down to Southampton, about an hour away from the ground now, so we're making good time. I've got with me Steve Thomas. Steve, what's your prediction for the game? That's a tough question, straight off off the bat there. Um, uh, based on uh, England thrashing everybody so far um, in all the qualifiers, um, it's going to be a tough. It's going to be difficult to, to win this game. But I think if we can approach the game uh, in quite a cautious manner, then maybe uh, maybe a score draw. Excellent. That would be a good result. I think a point would be a great result. Um, have you been on an away trip for the women's team before? Uh, no, this is uh, my first first away trip. Um, I think it's some, it probably won't be my last either. Um, I've enjoyed travelling away with the men's team over the last uh, couple of years. Seems like a long time now. I think it's only natural that I'm going to probably end up doing the same with the women's uh, the women's team. And finally, what do you think the score's going to be? One all. Okay, we've got Anne Garrod with me. Um, and Garrett, how do you think the game is going to go today? Um, I'm hoping for a good result for Wales. I think it's going to be really tough because England are um, probably favourites and you know, they're like one of the best teams in the world at the moment. Yeah. So I think um, we'd probably be happy with the draw, to be honest. But um, yeah, I'm hoping we'll put on a good performance for the country. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're much more professional team than we were a few years ago yeah, when we got yeah. battered by them, so... Hopefully that will get a bit better. Yeah, hopefully. Um, hoping just you know, so many people coming down to see us as well. It'd be nice to um, to uh, sort of put on a good show for yeah. the fans, I think, as well. Definitely. What do you think about the attendance? Because they're saying five hundred yeah. Welsh fans to go That's down. Quite impressive, actually. I think um, be nice. Well, we've got a bus full here, and be nice to see a few other people as well. But it's yeah. definitely, like you said, it shows where we've come with as a country so many more people want to get involved so it's great to see um, interest in women's football yeah great and what do you think the score's going to be um, go with one all who do you think is going to score for us um, go from Fishlock hopefully excellent ok we've got a very special fan with us now would you like to introduce yourself my name is Sarah and I am 10 years old and is this your first away trip in general for Wales yeah Excellent. You're looking forward to it? I am. How do you think the game's going to go? Um, 
really good, but I think it's going to be a bit tough for Wales. Yeah. Have you got any ideas what you think the score's going to be? I think it's going to be 5-1. 5-1 to England or to Wales? To Wales. Excellent. We'd all be very, very happy with that, wouldn't we? Yeah. And who do you think is going to score? Any ideas out of those five goals? think Helen Ward might get one? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Who's your favourite player? I like all of them. You like all of them. Brilliant. Do you play football yourself? I do. do you, what, what position do you play in? I play in as the defender. Yeah, great. You've got a team and everything. Yeah. you like to follow in these girls' footsteps and play for Wales one day? I would like to. Brilliant. Well, thank you for talking to us, Sarah. You're welcome. Okay, we're now here with Seren's mum, Nicola. Nicola, what's made you bring Seren to this game today? Well, we came to see the uh, Wales-Kazakhstan match and, well, Seren was quite... She had her eyes opened with the differences between um, the support that the women get with the yeah. men. Uh, she was looking around the stadium and saying, well, when's everybody else going to arrive? And yeah. where are the TV cameras? And I think when I explained to her the difference in between female uh, sport and male sports um, she was quite shocked and she said right next time they play we, we definitely have to go and watch them so I think yeah. we're a lifelong fan now oh, that's fantastic it's great that you brought her along as well how do you think uh, we're going to get on today well, they played really well last time we saw them, didn't they? So we've got high hopes, really, I think. But yeah. it's, it's not going to be an easy game. But we no. think uh, we do have really high hopes. So I mean, we're definitely the underdog, aren't we? Yes. But do you think we can nail out a result? I think so, yeah. yeah. What's your score prediction? Not quite as good as Saren's, I've got to say. <laughs> it was a bold, um, bold prediction, that. It was a bold prediction. Um, well, I was more thinking sort of hopefully 2-1. Excellent. And who do you think is going to score? I don't know anyone, it doesn't matter. I, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Excellent. Half time here at St Mary's and it's nil-nil. We've by far had the best chance. In fact, it was so damn good it went across the line. Tash Hardin definitely scored that goal from where I'm sitting. We've had pictures sent to us and it definitely went in, which is absolutely gutting. But to put everything into perspective... We're 34th in the world, England is second. We are 32 places behind them. They should be beating us quite considerably at this stage, but we have limited them to two shots on goal. We are playing brilliantly. Everyone's hearts are in it. We can nick something here. Come on, Wales. Right, it's half-time. It's half-time. It's nil-nil. Tash Harding did score a goal, but it hasn't been let through. And with a group of Wales fans now, right, how do we think it's gone? Excellent. Been brilliant so far. Kept them at bay, no real danger, really. It's been long pot shot so far, so you can't really ask for much more, really. Maybe keep the ball a bit better, but it's been very picky so far. Um, I think we've done all right. I, nice to see a bit more t- attacking intent in the second half, but um, we are keeping them at bay so far, so that's, that's good. 
let's be honest, this is the second best team in the world we're playing against. We're nil-nil away from home. We know how good they are, but they, to be honest, we've restricted them to shooting from distance. They've not looked good. We've put the ball in the net. Um, they haven't. This is as frustrating as it can get. But the reality is that we are, you know, halfway through this tournament to get to France. And you know what? We're not being disgraced out there. No, we're not. I follow that. Well, it's difficult to follow that, to be honest. It's summed it up quite well. Any opinions over here? Um, yeah, I just think that they're, they're summing up the, uh, the Welsh football in general, like you know, the pride and the commitment and the effort. And uh, This is uh, an England team that are much better on paper than us, but we're keeping them at bay, and I think if we keep up on the second half, we can get some artists. Absolutely. How do you think it's going? Yeah, good. If we can nick a goal in the second half, we should come on win it. Yes. Hopefully. Hello, Wales! Full time at St Mary's and we've gone and done it. We've gone and nicked a bloody point. Oh my God, that has got to be the biggest result in Welsh women's football history. It's absolutely incredible. The fans have gone absolutely mental at the end of the game. The players have been dancing all over the pitch. I've just come down to pitch side and given Sophie Ingle the biggest hug. Her and Laura O'Sullivan were absolutely immense today as they always are we are still to concede a goal within the group Laura O'Sullivan is just a rock between the nets and I don't understand how she hasn't got a professional contract but we've come away to England we have now played all of our away games we are top of the group we are still top of the group move us now Hello, Hayley. Hiya. Thank you, Richard, for, for, for joining us. Um, obviously, you went to the game the other day. Thank you very much for doing lots of sound recordings for us. Um, I wanted I wanted to kind of talk about the day and the game uh, in, two, in two separate parts. First of all, it was an unbelievable game of football. I think we can both agree. Yeah, absolutely. It was the most... The last 20 minutes were probably the last, the longest 20 minutes of my life. <laughs> it just seemed like it was going to go on forever and ever. And then where they found that four minutes of injury time from, it was like, oh God, I can't do this for much longer. <laughs> I can't do another but It was so stressful. But Laura O'Sullivan was just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Nothing was going to get past her at all. No. Sophie Ingle was just an absolute rock in defence. We were so organised. Got... Jane Ludlow obviously had her plan laid down and they stuck to it to the letter. Yeah. And they were just brilliant. And Tash Harding scored. But I hope that doesn't come back to cost us. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of of a few of the players there, obviously Laura Sullivan is going to get a lot of plaudits for the way she plays. She made some absolutely like ridiculous saves. The, the, The shot she hit and flipped onto the bar... I thought for all the world was going. Yeah. Um, that was a wonderful save. Some late re- reaction did. saves as well, um, late deep into the second half. Um, I thought she was phenomenal. There were a few other standouts for me, um, one of which I thought was Charlie Estcourt. Yeah. Because she's, Absolutely. she's young, she's out on loan, but, she's well, not, not playing in a position even. Um, I wondered whether that yeah. translated, you know, from the, you know, being actually at the match as well. 
yeah, no, they were they were all brilliant. To be fair, yeah, Escott had a really really good game. Kaylee Green had a fantastic game. No, she you know she was playing the lone striker role, but she did it so well. She was there when we needed her to be there and back in, and she was fantastic. They were they were all just brilliant. It's one of the best Wales performances, men or women, I have seen in a long time. I totally agree. I was um, exceptionally hyperbolic after the game, to be perfectly honest. Um, but in trying to reflect, I genuinely don't think I've seen a football performance of a team I support, certainly, but definitely Wales, that is that, I thought, complete and rounded a performance. I don't think I've ever seen a Wales team play in such an organised, committed and, and thoughtful manner. No, and they were playing for the shirt big time. It's like you could... I saw someone put it up on Twitter on Friday. I think it was Bryn Law, actually. Any Wales team should sit down and watch that game back just to see how you play for the shirt and how you play with passion and commitment for your country because they just nailed it. I, I, I could not agree more. I, I saw the same tweet. You're right, it was Bryn Law. And I remember thinking he's, he's absolutely spot on. We've interviewed a few people and spoken to a few people who have talked about you know, the Wales way. And I don't think... That was it. Exactly. I don't, <laughs> I don't think it was maybe the free-flowing football people want, but my God, if you want a group of people, if you want to see what it's like to play for your country and, and pour your heart into a game of football, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. That was it. It was just absolutely yeah. exceptional, I thought. Um, yeah. And I thought you mentioned Kaylee Green there as well. The work rate she put in. I mean, I was tired watching her. Yeah, she was. She was just. I mean, I, it went largely under the radar because of the role she was playing, yeah. and also because of the heroics going on at the back. Yeah, I agree. But she, her work rate was unbelievable. I thought a lot of it, pretty much all of it as well, was without the ball. Yeah. And I think that role in football is so underestimated. How difficult Not everyone it is. Can do it. Absolutely. I mean, how many times did we see John Hartson playing that role? And he was useless. <laughs> Not all of the time, but a lot of the time, he was useless. Oh, I love John. I, I love Big John. Especially in games like that. No, I, I, I do know what you mean. <laughs> no, I love Big John as well. But Very I saw quite a few dodgy games he had playing that role. <laughs> I know what you mean, and it was very much the work rate that she had which made a difference in that role. I thought it yeah. was it was it was just unbelievable, and there were a few other players that stood out for me as well. Yeah, Rhiannon Roberts and Angharad James. I, I just thought, again, you want to see literally blood, sweat, and tears. Like her nose yeah. was bleeding, and she was just even the ref was saying to her, "You've got to get off," and she was like, "No." Yeah. Um, yeah. Not I, 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 I thought she was absolutely phenomenal, and. I thought, again, things that go under the radar a little bit. Jess Fishlock's control, like self-control during that game, was outrageous. She may not yeah. have got the headlines for scoring a worldie or, or, or whatever, but, oh my goodness, her work rate and her ability to make sure she was one of very few people who, when the out ball needed to be played, she was playing the right pass. And yes, I know it didn't always come off, but... I thought she was phenomenal, and the, sh the biggest shame of it was is the one chance she could break forward and and did the ball kind of got stuck between yeah. her feet, and I would, you were like screaming out for all the world to to pass it off to Katie Green, yeah. but uh, yeah, again, just another super performance for the for the sake of asking a stupid question, was the ball over the line? 
it was well over the line. <laughs> we were sort of in the corner in line with the goal that England were attacking in the first half. So we're at the other end. Um, so almost from the angle we were at, we are in the corner and you could see it go over. And it was like, I swear that was over. I swear it was over. And then we started getting pictures coming through on social media. It was like, it was so far over. <laughs> We're all screaming out for VAR, and that never happens. I was going to say, for the first time in my life, I wanted there to be a video assistant. It did. Absolutely. It did bring me to an interesting point, though, that I wasn't aware of. That, for example, they they must have the technology to have goal line technology because Southampton obviously play in the Premier League, and I imagine it's there and set up. They obviously just didn't press a button for it in this game. I don't know. And, oh, no. I, and I, that was very I found that frustrating from my perspective when I first saw it my first thought was goal and I saw a second angle yeah. and I was like oh I'm not sure about that and they showed one yeah. from a reverse angle I was just like oh my god that was that was definitely, was definitely so across far. the line it wasn't even close it was so far over there was at least a gap you know like the width of a hand between the line and the ball yeah with the ball being in the net and it was like how how I just hope it doesn't collapse cost us I um, really do. The, talking about the the future, hopefully as well, whether it costs us. Um, obviously, England. We recorded this on Tuesday. England beat Bosnia today two nil. Um, yeah. Despite top having someone group, sent off, they are now top of the group, as you say. That moves us into second, and they have as the the men did this stupid system of points mm-hmm. against the bottom team in the group not counting towards your second place total if I've explained that properly um, so bizarrely yeah, today the group winners go through and then the runner ups go into the playoffs the it's so playoff. tough to get out of this group no I agree and I do think we've got a very very tough group looking at it I think the shame of today is we've gone from being top of our group to now being the bottom second place ranked team who will still get into the playoffs if that makes sense we've got we are now the fourth second best team yeah so all of it, it's just it's so got three games left all of which are at home win those three games we're fine we're home and dry absolutely. we're there we're through it's it's obviously a big ask Russia seem to be coming a bit more into it now obviously we've got them lot again yeah win those three games we're there I think I think the Russia game is definitely winnable. I agree. They've 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 improved, and I think the Bosnia game. But England have to go to Russia, and Russia have improved. So maybe that could be something there. I mean, I hope it's so. All speculative. We've, we've got to win our games. Yeah, and, I, and my my only concern that I have is going into that England game, which is our last game at home. Yeah. There's a huge ask there to if we need yeah. to win that game to get something out of it, even to draw it. Is it again? I know we just have had that draw, but that's still a big ask. Um, yeah. And I would my in my mindset when I was going through it, thinking about how they plan the games. I think Jane Ludlow was hoping that by the time it gets to that game, we're already relatively speaking yeah. safe in second place, which is a little bit of a scary thought, to be perfectly honest. Well, the worst thing is, the last round of games, we're not playing. Of course. So there's another round of, there's another round of games after our last game. And we're not playing it at all. So it could go down to those games and we're not involved. And it's totally out of our hands. Yeah. Oh, this Which is, is hideous. This is terrifying and it's months away. Um, yeah. 
for the sake of asking a stupid question, yeah. I, I had a conversation with my wife the other day, and she was just like, you know, I'm glad you're getting interested in women's football, not just men's. Um, yeah. Would you go to the World Cup if they got there? And straight away, without thinking about it, I was just like, absolutely. Would. And I assume you're the yeah, same. It's not even a question, really, is it? I you're agree. there. I agree. I, I haven't Your quite... country is in the World Cup for the first time since 1958. <laughs> you can't not You're go. there. <laughs> I totally agree. I totally agree. I, I think there'd be some quick uh, refinancing of certain things going on at this end, but uh, yeah. I think I think it'd be worth it. Totally. The one thing, uh, going back to the, the everything surrounding the game... Yeah. Obviously, you did some great interviews before at half-time and after the match, which... Um, which you've just heard before this interview with Hayley, there were some there were some fantastic uh, conversations, and my absolute favourite one was with ten year old Seren. Oh, she's a little star, isn't she? It was just adorable. Almost makes it sound patronising, and that's not what I mean. You could just hear her excitement coming across in the game. Definitely. And she said it was. I mean, her mum. Her mum sent me a message when she booked the bus. And she said, my daughter has just got in. We went to the game against Kazakhstan. That was her first game. And she couldn't understand the gulf between men's football and women's football in terms of attendances. And that's it now. She wants to be at every game. She wants to push (laughs) women's sport. And it's like, that's amazing. She's 10. She's brilliant. She's a little star. I I couldn't agree more. And you asked her, what do you think the score is going to be? And she went 5-1. Didn't even break stride. And then she and then you said something like, "So who too?" And she said Wales as if you were the stupidest human she'd ever met. Like, who else do you think is going to win five? Like I went, "I want to England or to Wales." I'm like, "Why am I even asking that as a question?" That's the way in hell I don't do interviews. <laughs> it was it was so funny in her response, the way she said it. I was crying laughing the first time I read it. I heard it. Sorry, the look on her face. <laughs> oh, it was perfect. It was so it was so funny. So I hope the, those interviews, like the the quality of that, kind of translates through. The big thing that impressed on me as a consequence of that really is the impact, the wider impact that. Welsh football in general I think is having in, in in Wales but specifically the women's football is really joining that that mould of the Welsh yeah. way and we're all in this together trying to achieve something together um, and I, you know that yeah. that was demonstrated perfectly with Saren. It seems to have massively taken off the last few months of women's football. I think there was a big fuss made in the media about the fact we were going into Christmas top of the group Yeah, and you wouldn't necessarily have had that before Um and people are starting to wake up. Twitter, Friday night after the game, everyone was talking about it, absolutely everybody, yeah. which was fantastic to see. So it's great, you know, it's, there is a real buzz around it, and I'm really pleased because these girls are playing out of their skins. We still haven't lost a game. We still haven't conceded a goal. Yeah. We're five games in, and you know, they deserve it. They deserve all this support. They deserve all the attention you know, and they're thriving off it. It's great. I totally agree. I mean, you could see after the match, the, the group reaction to it in the stadium, on Twitter, on Facebook, on the news, um, and obviously the players' reaction yeah. after the match. I mean, that you, you'd have sworn. I mean, if that was the scene after winning one game, uh, drawing one game, I mean, Christ, imagine whatever happens if we ever get to France and if we win a game over there, you know, would be dancing on the ceiling of the stadium, I think. And it just does really does go to show how far 
women's football particularly, but also how part of the, the national psyche football is now in Wales in general, I think. It is. It's huge. It's definitely overtaken rugby. That's the interesting thing, I think, because rugby is getting a lot of negative press, certainly this year. Yeah. Um, because of the culture around the national team, and you never had that before. Yeah. And it's almost like we've overtaken them. And it's like, well, look, they go to the Wales matches. They they have a drink. They have a laugh. They have a sing song. Why is it the rugby fans are going there? And there's trouble. And I think more families now are swaying towards bringing their kids to the football than they ever would have been before. And not necessarily the rugby. There's Absolutely. been a massive shift. No, I, I couldn't agree more. I think a lot of it is the pricing of it as well. You know, tickets to rugby matches, the cheap seats are 80 quid. Yeah, it's absolutely obscene. I don't know how they can get away with charging it. No, I, and I totally I agree. think all, all the naysayers who are saying, oh, football's really expensive, they're sitting back now and going, actually, it's not, is it? Oh, absolutely. Especially the way, especially like Wales. I mean, clubs are a bit different, but following Wales, you're looking at what, 20 quid for an adult ticket, 10 for a kid's? No, absolutely. You can take a family for the price of one ticket to the rugby. It's just a no-brainer, isn't it? An absolute no-brainer. And again, like me and Ruth talked about it on the last podcast, um, and in fact, we talked about it when we spoke to, to you the first time. I feel like the FAW yeah. really know what they're doing at the minute. They've really sussed this out, and they are doing everything do. brilliantly at the minute. Absolutely, from all the Welsh language stuff. Absolutely. To you don't get that from the WRU. They are. I mean, they came up with Together Stronger a few years ago, and they have embraced it and they've taken it forward. And it's it's great. It is just one big family, isn't it? It's, it certainly does. That's have that the feel. thing. With it. No, I, I totally I totally agree. Um, and it is great to be a part of. Whether I am, you know, three and a half thousand miles away, or whether you're driving down to Lambton to watch the game, you know, it's it is superb thing to be a part of. Um, and I remember again, you talked about in our first chat having your Welsh football family um, yeah I, I really feel that that is as far reaching as, as as from chatting to you here to being all this all these miles away in Boston I think it it really does extend that far um, speaking of America are you going to come over no I've, I've had it vetoed <laughs> we are um, my partner and I we are going to a festival in Belfast on the Saturday before the game and then seven o'clock on the Sunday morning, we're flying to London for another festival there on the Sunday. And I did say, we're like, well, you know, that we could skip to the hotel on the Sunday night. We could go straight to Heathrow. There's a flight that lands in LA at half past two in the afternoon. He's like, you haven't got a chance. There's no <laughs> chance. No, it's not <laughs> And I get his point. Yeah, fair <laughs> so... one. Uh, to be fair, you've got, you've got to save your money for... Your summer in France now, anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I have, and um, Copenhagen, and well, if it ends up in Copenhagen, yeah. What is annoying is that, and, and I was going to say what's annoying, and apologise to my mum, but I'm confident my mum doesn't listen to this. But my mum is coming over to Boston to visit us. So when she told me, I was like, oh, great news, really excited. Then the fixture got announced. I was like, yes, just like straight online to look at flights and everything else. Yeah. And then my wife pointed out to me that it was the the weekend that my mum is here, and I was absolutely <laughs> furious. Um, and I 
I was just like, maybe I could go for the night. Maybe I could, you know, just have one day. Maybe I could fly my mum out there. Um, and then I looked at yeah, how much maybe the take your mum. <laughs> I've looked into it, but um, I think if my wife didn't kill me, my bank manager would. So uh, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see. Thank you very much uh, for chatting with us. Thank you for doing the the half time and full time match reports. The last thing I will say is I've seen this afternoon that you have got a new hoodie out uh, to yes, commemorate. I about an hour ago. I think it's fantastic. If you haven't seen what Haley's doing, I think you should go and have a look. It's a great red hoodie with kind of like a diagonal diving goalkeeper on it. Um, it's very much worth a look, so I think you should go and have a look and perhaps part with your hard-earned cash to get yourself a, a Laura Sullivan hoodie. I sent a picture of it to Laura. She follows me on Twitter, so I DM'd her a picture of the hoodie before I put it live. I said, look, I'm launching that. This. I hope you like it. I hope it's okay. She's like, oh my god, I love it. It's amazing. It's oh, <laughs> that is superb. You've got yeah. a, you've got a, you've that got a link to the stars. That. That'll be brilliant. So, thank you very much again. Go and buy one of Haley's new hoodies. Thank you very much, Haley. So I'm here with Kate Waldridge. She is a very talented footballer. I was wondering, Kate, if you could talk to us a little bit about what you thought of the game from an England perspective, but also give us a bit of your background so we know you're not just a bit of a chancer like me. Uh, yeah, so watching the game, it was a decent game, gutted for England, we needed the points, <laughs> but never mind. Uh, so I've played football for quite a few years, started my career and finished my career with Lincoln City Ladies uh, just before they joined the WSL to go to Notts County, who have unfortunately just folded. Lovely. Yeah, so they've lost all their funding and got out of the league. So. That's such a shame. It's a bit of a shame, yeah, because they, they had so many good players and it was last minute as well. And then the next thing, all those girls had to go and join another club. Oh, I didn't so. know that. But yeah, played with the likes of people like Jade Moore, played against people like Kelly Smith, Rachel Yankee, a lot of the old England girls who... You see, they've retired now, but they've had such amazing careers. And Absolutely. it's a shame the professionalism of the sport wasn't there when they were in the league. Because I think it would have been even bigger. Oh, I totally agree. Kelly Smith, particularly. Oh, like, phenomenal player. Absolute dynamite. Yeah, one of the best players I've had the joy to train with as well as like play really? against. Yeah, she was phenomenal. One minute she's like going against you and attack, the next minute she's down defending. <laughs> so, okay, you're good. <laughs> Just like me at five aside. Um, so, like I've, 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 we've set out a few questions. Um, mm-hmm. I know you've come through, you know, youth football. Yeah. How good do you think that England team are currently on a world, and obviously specifically for the Welsh perspective, the European level as well? Yeah, I'd say, well, obviously we're second in the world rankings at the moment. So we've improved from being third for the past couple of years, just overtaken Germany, which is amazing. In terms of European, I'd say, yeah, we must be number one. I think so. Um, with the standards we've got, with the set setup we've got with the WSL, I think it's phenomenal. Um, overtaking Germany, it's the first time in years that we've ever got to that spot. We've still got a long way to go with uh, to catch up to America. They're just yeah, phenomenal, yeah. yeah. But they've got the funding, they've got the sponsorship, where that's where we lack, unfortunately. I think Spain may be on the catch-up now with the, the development, but the Champions League is one where 
if we can develop on a club level, like Man City and Chelsea are both in the semi-final, if we can start really improving our home nation sport with different players from across like Wales and Scotland and and England and and Northern Ireland, bringing them into um, those top teams like Chelsea and Man City, then they're going to develop across Wales and Scotland and England, definitely. I totally agree with you. I think... Again, just from a Welsh and, and an English perspective, you look at people... Is it Tony Duggan? I think he plays yeah, for Barcelona. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, Jess Fishlock plays over here for Seattle. I think that the expansion of women's football in general is, is having yeah. a massive impact, and you can see it develop and change. Yeah. Even the game that was, that was on the other night. Well, know? I remember like when Rachel Daly was just like 16 coming through the ranks, and she plays my position, so centre-half. And it was always going... She, she was one that our manager at the time wanted at, at Lincoln to go to Notts County. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I've got no chance against her. She was phenomenal. And she's now at Houston. Yeah. And she's making it over here, which is fantastic. Yeah. It's so good to see the girls Absolutely. expand. I think that's a big thing. I, I, from my perspective, obviously, I don't know as much about women's football as you, but I, I can really notice the difference. And I think the rise in professionalism and the rise in profile... Yeah. Of, of England's women football is having a big knock-on effect for everyone else as well. The knock-on effect, I think, that the rise in professional of, of women's football, England have played a big part in helping the other nations, yeah. I think. Um, and I watched some of the, the She Believes Cup. The fact that they're competing against teams like the USA and France yeah. and Germany like just goes to show what a big transition uh, that, that has happened. And I think I remember when... I first started getting interested in women's football around the time of the Olympics. And I said to you the other day, I think that that was like a watershed moment for for women's football Mm -hmm. in the UK because people were so desperate to support Team GB in that. It didn't matter whether you were supporting an English person or a Welsh person or a Scottish person or whatever, you were just there supporting Team GB. And as a consequence, it opened up so many doors for for women's football to be part of the national Yeah, massively. I was lucky to go and watch a couple of the games at Old Trafford when they were there, yeah. so like USA played China, and it was amazing to see the atmosphere and yeah. the amount of youth who were there watching, yeah, and just getting involved, men and uh, male and female, just up there cheering them all on, really getting behind the UK, which is phenomenal. No, really. I, I totally agree, and, and again, the knock-on impact that has had, I think, is is indescribable because I remember from a men's football perspective. People are delighted that Gareth Bale didn't go and play. He turned his back on the Union Jack is the famous chant. Because he didn't want to do that, and there was very much nowhere else. We don't want to be involved in that. Um, whereas there was none of that feeling towards the women's football, and that, no, the, the knock-on impact is so massive. You saw twenty-five thousand people there the other night. England played at Wembley against Norway, I think it was a couple yeah. of years ago, and they We've had just a lost huge the Wembley. Haven't we? We're trying to get it back. Yeah, I, I heard Phil Neville say that they're trying to, yeah. to get something back. Hopefully, but you just the, the incremental rise. Now Wales women are playing at the National Stadium, the Cardiff City Stadium. Again, just what a turnaround from mm-hmm. what from what has been previously. Um, I know this is a bit of a difficult one for you, but <laughs> how far do you think the women's setup has changed in Wales? I know you will have seen it from a distance, but again, from when you started playing to the level they're at now, and they're still not at the level of England, I know, mm. but how much of, you, of a change have you seen? Massive. I mean, from my perspective, thinking when I started out, so I started out at like Centre of Excellence and then moved forward, um, and I was like under 18, then I went straight into the first team and it was like, okay, what a jump. So you're playing top-level football in England. At the time, it was all English players. Yeah. I didn't see any Welsh. There was none in my team. We'd play against the likes of Steph Houghton when she was at uh, Sunderland. And even in that team, you'd be like, it's literally all English players. Yeah. 
And I think back then it was always seen as what's going on in, in Scotland, what's going on over there. Same with the hockey setup. It was never massive. Yeah. And then you had the likes of the Commonwealth Games. And you're like, oh, okay, there's the hockey on the pitch. But with the Welsh, I think you're improving loads in terms of, as I named a few names, who've got, like, you've got Helen Ward, Jess Fishlock, 108 caps. And then your keeper, O'Sullivan, she had a stormer the other day. Unbelievable. But I'd say she's, until then, I didn't really know of who she was. Yeah. The other two I've heard of. So I think the likes of your players coming through the ranks are now starting to get the professional contracts that they deserve. But it's taken a long time, yeah. a really long time for your girls to even be seen on the, the professional stage. Absolutely. I mean, you look at, like you talked about Laura Sullivan, they're the goalkeeper. Mm. She plays for King Coy Ladies, like a small little part of Cardiff. Yeah. She's got a full-time professional job. Yeah. Um, and she kind of does this on the side. And I read an interview with her the other day after the game and she said after the match... Because she doesn't do the same sort of training as the England girls do no. and, and, and whatever else. She said she woke up the next morning and had to go to work and she said she felt like she'd been hit by a bus. It's crazy. Because of that sort of physical exertion, mm. which, you know, a, a, a level which was out of this world, yeah. I thought. Fletcher was the other one. She was a full-time in her yeah. job and then has only just got professional at Reading. Yeah. And again, it's about time, but they now can train every day. Whereas like Ro, I think, was commuting three times Big a week to Reading yeah. and then doing her job. I was like, wow, that's a lot of yeah. effort. It's a lot of commitment. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know, but from what I hear, there's not a huge amount of money in, in that either. So you no. guys, sheerly for the love of the game, um, which I do think translated a little bit, and I don't mean this in a criticism to mm. England, but I felt like that game meant more to the Wales players, perhaps, than the England players. Oh, hugely. Because they had sacrificed so much to be at that one stage. And it's like, do you know what? We've worked really hard. Yeah. Even Ludlow this said they were chance. coming in just for a point. That's yeah. all they needed, and they achieved it. And they achieved did, it. Yeah. And like I said, the, uh, Haley, the person I spoke to before, a bit hyperbolic, but I think that was, in my mind, from what I've seen, definitely the best Wales women's performance I've ever seen, possibly the West, best ever Welsh football performance I've ever seen, in, a, <laughs> in, a, in, in that sort of environment. You know, I know we talk about the Euros and beating Belgium and, and Russia and stuff, and they were obviously like outstanding games of football. Yeah. But in that pressure situation, the... The standard, the gulf, if you like, yeah. between the, the way two your is girls manage to defend so well and really get behind the ball and make sure, yeah, England so had oh, play, England had so many chances, but you managed to either get a tackle in or you managed just to block the shot yeah. or like O'Sullivan saved, I think five, yeah, really good saves. She couldn't even make a choice which one was her favourite. <laughs> she was just like all of them, and I was like, yeah, all of them. Yeah, they were fair. great saves. <laughs> but your girls, it was literally like your shape was phenomenal. Yeah. So we had no chance at even cutting through the defence. Yeah. You managed just to hold a nice shape, keep the ball out, and that's all you can ask for. Yeah, and it worked perfectly, that the way that the time of when the midfielders dropped. The other person, I, I don't know whether you kept an eye on, I'm sorry, I haven't referenced this in the question, <laughs> was uh, Charlie Escort. I've mm -hmm. mentioned her in the other conversation I've had. Uh, she was the left-back. She's She plays at Reading, but she's on loan at the minute. An example of how the game is changing. She's a young girl. She's now playing professional football. Mm -hmm. But she's so committed to play for Wales, she's playing out of position and kept... She had an opening five minutes against Paris, um, who kind of ran her for five minutes. And then after that, completely closed her down, did a superb job. And I think I wanted to bring her to you as well as someone who is an example of how women's football is definitely improving in Wales and that there are more people who are playing pro football. Yeah, and it's showing that the youth setup is really developing. Exactly. So she's coming through the ranks, is now playing at the top level. And to be that passionate to play for your country and really want to 
get the points and, and make it through to the next yeah. stages for the world's World Cup. Sorry, World Cup. And uh, yeah, really just show that Wales should be represented. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and bring I, the I thought, funding in. I it's, thought she was phenomenal. That's yeah. the thing, isn't it? The funding. And hopefully the more international progression that Wales have as a nation yeah. will lead to more money, more funding. Than it. Well, even so across, uh, you look at Steph Houghton, she's probably our most paid footballer. I think about 65k she's on. And some of that is corporate deals like sponsorships yeah. a bit of it is from the club I think the max level you can get paid at club level now I think it's capped so, well it's definitely salary capped I think it's 35,000 and then you can get your sponsorships on top to expand and then some of the, the players are still on £50 a week but then their university fees can be paid yeah. for and things and maybe if Wales can get on board with that as well and really develop professionalism so maybe uh, Swansea for example they've got a Premier League or Championship team now yeah. Premier League Premier team. League sorry, team. Premier League. Soon sorry, to be Wales. championship. Ooh. Soon to be championship. <laughs> but they, you know, that team there, why can't they develop their women's team and bring in like a lot of the Premier teams are now? You look at Man City ladies are yeah. absolutely storming it. But there's still a huge pay cap. The, you know, look at the American players, but still there's a big pay cap between the US and, the, and England. So the pay cap between England and Wales, bearing in mind it's the second and 34th, <laughs> yeah. is still a massive yeah. pay cap. So that does need to change. I think the women's national team, it was when I was there, and you saw the girls there, they were £100 a game, I think they got. Really? That's insane. Yeah. It's... Especially when you think of the level of money that's mm-hmm. there as well. Yeah. You referenced there the gap between second and 34th. Mm-hmm. I tried to explain this to you before. <laughs> I feel like if the second best men's team in the world play the 34th placed men's team in the world, that gap would be wide enough to spot the quality difference. Yes. But there's a chance, you'd say, really, that the 34th team have still got a decent thing mm-hmm. uh, get, go against the, the second-place best team. Like, I'll, I'll reference Wales men. In the, <laughs> in the Euros, we played against Belgium, so I think yeah. we ranked second at the time, and obviously we turned them over. Those sort of things, I feel, can happen in men's football. As a, as a gauge to the, still that gap in women's football, not only just to, to, mm. to make that point, but also in context of the Wales and England game, how actually big is that gap? Like on a, on a scale of an achievement for Wales to get that draw, how yeah. big an achievement is that? I think that? Wales are really an up-and-coming team. I think now they've got the girls, like I said, in the WSL. Yeah. They've got a squad where they're really building with a new manager, like Ludlow's really bringing it in. I know we'll come on to that in a bit. Yeah. But they're really forming as a team. So I don't think they're at the right level. They shouldn't be 34. They should definitely be higher. They're really, yeah, and they're really proving themselves in the qualifying rounds. Um, but then you look at some of the differences with different countries who don't have the setup like us in Germany yeah. and the US. There is a huge gap. It's still not the level that there is there. Yeah. But I think Wales are potentially ranked in the wrong place. Oh, okay, that's interesting. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective. Um, and I suppose that does then str- close yeah. the gap. But I think it's say, because sorry, of yeah. the new setup that you've got yeah. and the players coming through That's definitely helped. and the new setup that you've got with the girls playing in the top level. Yeah. Although it's in England, it's still good to see the Welsh girls and the yeah. Scottish girls that coming through those leagues as well. No, absolutely, mm. absolutely. Well, you mentioned uh, Jane Ludlow there. I don't know how much you know about her. Played against her. Did you? Mm. Oh, that was going to be my question. Perfect. Yeah. I've heard a lot of people, especially in the commentary for the game, were talking about how great a player she was. I, a, I wondered if you could shed a bit of light on that from mm-hmm. your perspective, especially as you played against her. Yes. Um, but also, <laughs> what like part of her game do you think 
she has kind of implemented it as the Wales manager. And if you can see that in the in the way that the girls, she's very attacking minded. Yeah. So I remember when I had to mark her the whole game. Her and Kelly Smith. I was like, great, oh. thanks for that. <laughs> Cheers, Cheers <chaps>. boss. <laughs> <laughs> so we were. It was the FA Cup semi final, and it was a home draw for Lincoln. And we're like, yes, come on, girls, we can do this. Doesn't matter if it's Arsenal. We we're really hoping for the other ones to meet Arsenal in the final, but yeah. never mind. Uh, and we were playing against them and it was just the quality she had on the ball she could take a first touch and distribute it or play it back turn on a sixpence it was like okay yeah. she's she's done you like, work it back um, and she was the one who scored off the fifth goal against us we were already 4-1 down All right. and uh, that was a nice fifth goal from her so thanks for that I assume you scored the one. Oh, obviously <laughs> um, <laughs> but she just has this nice like presence about her you can tell she's on the pitch you can yeah. tell she's on the ball nice and loud when you're really attacking-minded like that, and Arsenal at the time, were re- well, they had the likes of Yankee, Kaz Carney, yeah. Farah Williams, Kelly Smith, and you're playing against that calibre of, of player, and all they want to do is score goals. Yeah. They wanted at the time, and still are probably the best team in the UK, the way they brought their setup through. She just had a really good attacking-minded presence, which I definitely think she's bringing across to the Welsh girls now. They're not afraid to go at goal. Yeah. But at the same time, like I said, their work rate in Arsenal when Ludlow was there, it was if you lost the ball, if you were attacked, you became a first-line defence. Yeah. And she was not afraid to put a tackle in. Several times, she's like, oh, ankles. <laughs> uh, Still got the scars. You know, <laughs> you're like, thank you for that. <laughs> but you're, you know, you're looking at those players and you're lucky enough when they had the likes of Alex Scott on the right, right back in yeah. position. She would overlap. She distributed a ball in. Ludlow or Smith, they were on the end of it. So... I think she's trying to instill that sort of passion and the Welsh, I know it sounds a bit bad, but Welshness. She's really proud to represent Wales. And she, I think she was captain for Wales when she was around. Yeah. So if she can bring that passion into a team and your coach is so, got that desire to win, to play soccer. Sorry, back in the US. Play football. Please edit that. (laughs) Uh, If she's got that desire to play for her country and really show the girls what it means to be Welsh. I know you're very passionate about yeah. Wales. And the same I would say if it was an England game, you step up, you want to win for your country. Like yeah. You see the girls, they're playing for that badge on the shirt. It's not about the money. And I think she's got that right. She's really got the girls wanting to work for the team. Yeah, she's right. And I think you can't ask for anything else yeah. for a coach than that. No, you saying those things totally rings true. I mean, you think about the way Wales defended... You know, Katie Green was the first line of defence. She ran mm. her socks up. Like oh, I, I thought her work rate up front was absolutely phenomenal. Um, and th- there's a huge pride and passion coming out of that team, I think. You could see the celebrations at the end, um, you know, for a nil-nil draw. Oh, it's like they, they won see, the World Cup. Exactly, yeah. they're waiting for the trophy. They were jumping up and down. And I was exactly. like, good on them. Like, and that's what they should be. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think that real, that pride, and again, I, I mentioned Charlie mm. Escott. I, I was really taken by her in the, her performance, I've got to say. But... Um, that ability and the desire to play out of position for your country in a big game like that yeah. some people could go into their shell a bit not a chance no, she was straight up. out punchy and um, I suppose you that you know that is something that translates from her definitely um, re- going back to the match briefly there was obviously <laughs> one very key moment of the game yeah. um, when in the first half did it or didn't it cross the line I've looked at it so many different times <laughs> seen so many pictures I'm sure I was shocked um, from one angle, I was convinced it didn't cross the line. And they showed one from a reverse angle where I can't remember who it was cleared it off the line. Their foot looked so far behind the line, they couldn't 
The ball had to have gone over the Well, line. I mean, Lucy Bruns is one of our best Lucy players. Lucy Bruns, yeah. She's at Leon now. She's, yeah. she's in the Champions League semis. But she's a phenomenal player. And at that level, sometimes you can't always be honest and say, that was a girl that was Hands a girl. Up, yeah. um, my first reaction was, that's a girl. Yeah. Why they don't have goal line technology at that level of sport yeah. is beyond me. And I feel frustrated for you girls, and it could have changed the game. We could have maybe then gone, oh, come on, step it up. Yeah. You guys could have just scored another one. Like There was chances across yeah. the board. Really, the goal line technology should have been there. And it should. My personal opinion was it as a goal. When I was listening to Sue Correct Smith on answer. the commentary, <laughs> she was like, "No," and then was like, "Ooh," <laughs> and then was no, and then was maybe, and then I think it came out that everyone thought, "Yeah, it should be in one yeah. But like Ludlow said at the end in her interview, she was saying, "Things happen in football; you can't change it." Yeah. We just go again. We were good at keeping the shape. We still tried to attack. Yeah. Second half defended phenomenally. That you can really go for it but from an England fan saying should have been a goal it's yeah. quite depressing yeah. but yeah I would have said you should have been 1-0 up I uh, I agree I, yeah of course I, I love, <laughs> funny that um, I've, a lot of people have also commented that they're worried that it's going to haunt us uh, a little bit <laughs> that imagine we, we don't get you know we miss out on something by two points so yeah exactly <laughs> um, so I hope that doesn't happen I don't think it will I think you'll definitely qualify I think England may top the group just because they have the game in hand. I think they will, yeah. I don't think it will haunt you. I think you'll go through. I think I think we'll get to the playoffs. I don't think we'll, I don't think we'll go through by rights and then I suppose the playoffs. Yeah. Well, if you play like you did lottery. against us, then... I don't think many people will score against us. I think that's a big thing. And uh, we still haven't conceded a goal in the group. Mm. Um, four games in, five games in, sorry. That's a big achievement. Huge. And th- that's how you qualify. That's how the men qualified for yeah. the Euros was not conceding goals. So hopefully that is a good omen. Um, just get your scoring bits on exactly, exactly. golden and, boots exactly. maybe you could strap on for it strap on a pair you could oh, no. do a bit of running for us mate <laughs> stick me in defence all your own <laughs> um, so yeah hopefully you know we talked over the weekend that maybe we'd both catch a flight out from here and go on a game or two um, so yeah fingers crossed we can do that yeah done awesome. thank, you, thank you very much yeah, for thank you very much. I appreciate it thank no you very worries. much So in the third part of this interview, I'm finally reunited with Ruth. Say hello, Ruth. Hello. Uh, Ruth has uh, broken her ankle, as we have been reporting, and is currently getting around our workplace on a comedy scooter. Um, I think I find it funnier than she does. Um, So this is the first time we've actually been able to be in a room together. I'm laughing, she's not. Um, First time we've probably been in in, in a room together to talk about the match the other night. What a game. Yeah. It was, I was just, it was great fun to watch, wasn't it? It really was. I mean, just from in terms of pulling you in and getting you involved, and it was it was just a brilliant game of football. I mean, I loved every minute of it. I mean, you proper nail biting stuff by the end. About halfway through the second half, I'm thinking we're we're we're, we're going to get caught out at How some point. You know, we can't manage this. Um, but they did, and I just just the work rate. Fair play. I mean, that was a proper hard 90 minutes of work, yeah, wasn't it? it really was. Um, I think there's some people who, at one point, were visibly flagging. Yeah. But kept putting it yeah. in. And, you know, I've, I talked to Hayley and, and, and to Kate about uh, Katie Green. At one point, she was sprinting, yeah. like, I sprint at the end of a 10-minute run. Like, my, her head was lolling, <laughs> and 
she was just she absolutely emptied yeah. the tank, didn't she? Yeah. And uh, everyone just a phenomenal. I mean, I can't remember seeing a goalkeeper getting cramp. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that was just kind of summed it up, really. Didn't I, it? I agree. It was uh, it was unreal. I do have to say, I remember when we talked about the Wales women recently and their setup when they played Italy. I was a little bit critical of them. I said, I don't think that that's going to work against England. And I was, as per usual, completely and utterly wrong. Um, so I do have to hold my hands up to that and say, the plan obviously was tested against Italy. Didn't work. I know there were different players playing and stuff like that, but adapted brilliantly then and translated perfectly to the to the opposition. I feel like Jane Ludlow not only knows what she's doing for the for the team she has and to extract the maximum out of them, but also has a real tactical understanding about how to set up a team and yeah. basically how to piss England off, which is pretty much what happened. Yeah. I was actually a bit in some respects a bit disappointed with England in that they must have you know in theory, they knew we were going to go there to shut up shop. Yeah. And they didn't actually show that much imagination in terms of how to break us down. For, for, for a team of that ranking, I would have thought they would have had more ideas in terms of yeah. how to come up against a team that was going to sit that deep, yeah. you know, with that much of a defensive framework. But even just, you look at... I mean, that, that video has got to be a great teaching tool for people that want to set up in a 5-4-1. Yeah. Because it was perfect. Yeah. You know, you, those lines were... They were there yeah. and they weren't moving. It was brilliant. Um, Kate and I talked about mentality. Mm-hmm. And you can really see the mentality. And I felt that was the difference between the two teams on the, on the night. Was our mentality was absolutely spot on. If you're going to score, you need to score a worldie. You need to mm-hmm. take everyone on, and this team will be out on the on you know dead yeah. on their feet sort of thing. If you can do that, you'll score. If you can't, you've got no chance. And I thought our attitude, you know, perfectly played out. Yeah. I felt like the English attitude was, and I know it's a bit of a cliche to talk about English arrogance, but I thought there was a sense of that, especially in the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. We're going to play at you, we're going to run at you. The goalkeeper was basically playing on the halfway line. The centre yeah. forwards were marching forward with the ball. It was just like, get out of our way. And after about 20, 25 minutes, obviously we had the, the, the goal that was or wasn't. Yeah. Um, mm. It depended on your perspective. After, it was almost like then England was just gone, oh shit, we've got a bit of a game on you. <laughs> and it kind of, they started to get frustrated very quickly. Um, I've talked to both people about um, Escort who was playing left back yeah uh, I was ama- I thought she was, I know obviously Laura Sullivan's going to get applauded mm-hmm. but, and deservedly so but I thought she was just magnificent yeah she was she just every, she seemed to be everywhere in that corner of the yeah. pitch yeah and then those five first five minutes of the game she kind of got run around a bit and I was thinking that's obviously the area they're targeting mm-hmm. and it was it was almost a point I thought where she had said to herself I'm not going to be that person today mm-hmm. and all of a sudden England were like oh god I and she just didn't stop and she mm. frustrated the girl who she was marking over and over again when the wing back started bombing on frustrated her yeah. as well at points I felt like she was playing about four different positions yeah. I thought she was staggeringly good yeah. um, and rightly so I know I, I keep saying Laura Sullivan deserves the plaudit she gets but I thought Escort was yeah. s- staggeringly good yeah. superb and really underpinned yeah. I thought Roberts had a really good game as well 
similar role on the yeah. right wing. Perhaps, perhaps wasn't quite as busy. Yeah. I think they, the English were playing down their right wing a bit more, yeah. but I thought she had a really good game as well. You could see from both flanks, actually, the frustration that mm-hmm. eventually boiled over. Um, I thought Steph Hewton was, at a point, maybe even a tiny bit lucky not to get red carded because she, she had already been booked for a definite yellow and she did kind of go through mm-hmm. Kaylee Green with her arm with her forearm uh, at one point as well but again I thought that frustration something that I remember Lucy Bronze at one point got really frustrated was like pounding the ground the, the, the girl who came on white like my first reaction I've just glanced at my homework here <laughs> and I've written white for England <laughs> I may re- I may edit that bit out and just call her a horrible person um but she was nasty, she was niggly, mm-hmm. she was definitely trying to get a, ri- a rise out of our players. Standing yep. in front of the goalkeeper, counting down how long it was taking yep. O'Sullivan to take a kick, smacking the floor in frustration, pushing, shoving people. And all the while, you could see our players being like... Grow up. Grow, yeah, come on. <laughs> if that's what you're going to do, like you, you think we've not expected this. Um, and again, the attitude of it all, I, I, ju- I just thought was brilliant. Rhiannon Roberts, like you mentioned to her, I thought she had, I thought she had a great game. For the obvious question, did you think it was a goal? Yes. Interesting that all four of us have now said the exact same thing. <laughs> I did. I wasn't convinced at the time. I didn't think... If it had been a VAR thing from what I was seeing during the game, I'm not sure I'd have overruled if that had been my responsibility. But there was a couple of stills that came through later, yeah. presumably from press folks that were behind the goal where it looked like it was over the line to yeah, me. I'm, I'm pretty yeah. sure. All in all, uh, I've, I've spoken to, to Hayley and Kate about what a great performance it was and, and thrown a lot of hyperbole around. I am maintaining that it was one of the best Welsh performances I've ever seen, regardless of gender mm-hmm. or occasion. And I really stand by that. And I, I know there have been maybe some better footballing performances, but in terms of what we as Welsh people, I think, sort of identify ourselves yeah. as, that was that, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it just summed up. And I think just in terms of a coaching sort of masterclass almost of getting the best out of what you've got. I mean, there wasn't a player on that pitch that didn't give 110%. Yeah. Jane Ludlow got everything out of all yeah, of them. Absolutely. And I think that needs, that needs applauding, definitely. No, I, I, I very much agree with you. Looking at the wider picture now, all our games are at home. Mm-hmm. Do you think we're going to be able to do enough to qualify? I mean, realistically, England are going to win the group. Yeah, I mean, it, it will hinge on that game against them. Um, you know, if we if we beat them, I mean, obviously we've got to win the, t- the other two first. Uh, I mean, that's a big ask. I can't I can't see that happening. Yeah. I think we're much more likely to get into the a playoff place but I think we're certainly doing enough at the minute that we'll be into one of those four playoff places um, you look at I mean I know you tweeted out where we were standing at the minute um, and you, you look at the quality of the other teams that might make that four it's going to be that's going to be an interesting little tournament in itself isn't it that playoff yeah. really hard to get through that group of four I think yeah um it's a bit of a pity that it isn't a slightly larger tournament in terms of the number of teams that are going, but presumably that's going to grow with yeah. time as well. Um, but I think it's going to be hard to make France looking at the way it's set up. There's a huge part of me that hopes it does come down to that England game, and they are 
two points ahead of us mm-hmm. on the trajectory that we both win our games between now and then. Yeah. What an incredible <laughs> game that would be if yeah. it came down to we beat them, we top the group. Um, and I know there's another match day afterwards, but that'd be amazing. It would. <laughs> <laughs> just, just to have that on the line, just to have yeah. that occasion, even if it did come to fruition, yeah. just to have that occasion would be brilliant. You know, we saw so many people who went to Cardiff for the, uh, for the home game recently. We were talking to Barry Horns who played. Yeah. If imagine that that is the game against England that could send us through, I, I read. I, I don't think it would sell out. I think a huge amount of people would go. Yeah, there. yeah. And I know there's some talk about where to, a lot of talk about where to hold it because yeah. there seems to be some debate at the minute. It sounds like the CCS isn't available, um, and I know they've played in Newport before, different places. So I think I think we need to put some thought into where that is yeah. actually. But it would be interesting, and like I say, what a a brilliant way to end the group mm-hmm. for Wales in that kind of death or glory sort of showdown <laughs> I think that'd be I think I'd, I'd love to see that uh, I think everyone would love to yeah, see it yeah absolutely um, we talked with the men's team about how would we get to Russia <laughs> I'm now concerned about how would we get to France <laughs> next summer uh, we are going to have to wrap up hopefully everyone has enjoyed this kind of wide, wide range of podcasts from a, a couple of different perspectives just want to say thank you very much for Ruth for hobbling to, to be able to make this recording. Thank you to Hayley from Fee Wales for taking time to speak with us. Please do go and buy one of her Laura O'Sullivan hoodies, which are sort of endorsed by, by her. She's tweeted and saying she likes it. And also I saw that uh, Laura's mum has also said that she likes the hoodies on Twitter as well. So you cannot get any better <laughs> endorsement uh, for those two. Big thanks to Kate as well, who came and, and chatted with us, gave us a great perspective, not just on the England side of things, but also kind of wider women's football side of things. So I think this has been a great podcast, lots of interesting stuff. Uh, I hope you like it. Thank you very much for listening.